0: I heard y'all have ghosts. From the tsunami, the terrible one, where people died. Did mm-hmm. any of those dead people come back and haunt you? Was it your mom? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> what were they wearing? More like, was, it your were they like? <sighs> was it your children? Was it your children? Do you still hear the screams at night? God. How often do you think about that tragedy? Can we talk about it more? Just, yeah, just send out a full-ass survey. <laughs> What's after breakfast? That's before lunch. It's Austin, Texas. It's Weird Brunch.
1: Um, I found out fun news today from being in a like online conference for Visit Austin. I texted Lisa about this, but I found out that they're filming a new TV show in town. So, Walking Dead is yeah. filmed here, but now a reboot of Walker, Texas Ranger is being filmed in Austin, starring oh. none other than Lisa's crush, Jared Padalecki, <gasps> aka the brother oh. of her shoulder doctor who <laughs> practiced sports <laughs> medicine. So, a lot of shit happened this morning for me, and it was exciting. And for
2: Lisa. I know. It was maybe the only uh, good thing I've heard
0: in a long time. (laughs) They're doing a show about the column in Texas Monthly, The Texanist. I don't know if they're filming it here in Austin or not, but they got uh, Thomas Hayden Church to play on this.
1: I and love from the him. show,
0: yeah, from the show description, it seems like they're kind of making it more like, here's this guy who gives you advice like in a Texan way, like based on the column. But they're kind of making him a cranky Dale Dudley-like radio guy who's been I around bet, for thirty years. I bet Dale's pissed. That not like that's the first thought I had. It was
1: like wait, he's
0: probably so mad he's not in there.
1: Who's the writer who worked for the Statesman for so long and? I think he just recently uh, passed away.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: why can't I? Yeah. That's who it sounds like to me as well. But um I can't remember. Kelso, John Kelso, hey, who John I was Kelso thinking of. Yeah. But fun. Yes,
0: he he's an Austin area radio show host.
2: For about 30 <laughs>
0: years. And he's yep. grumpy. Yep.
1: Who'd have thunk it? <laughs>
0: But but it's based on the Texan, it, mm-hmm. it's in, based in on the, the Texan, in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I
2: am.
1: I wonder sending that people... to
2: people immediately after we record. Yeah, uh,
0: if people
1: like that show.
0: Or it's if... uh, it's gonna be on Fox. Like this is a big show. Oh. damn. Yeah, I mean,
1: King of the Hill was a big show. I don't. I True. think. I think at least like 30% of what was said in King of the Hill probably went over the nation as a whole's head, Texan wise. So I wonder what this one will be like. Well, they all. I'm watching, babe. I mean, it made propane famous. (laughs) I mean. So many good. I I love King. It's probably my favorite cartoon. Maybe it got
2: Luby's some recognition.
1: And that's the thing is that people, Luann Platter's name in itself is a joke. And I would guess most people who aren't from this state know that Luann Platter is significant. And Luby's is still staying open despite them. You remember when everyone thought Luby's was closing down? Yeah, I
2: remember well, the first day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> they're not. They're you like mean Normandy? You mean my personal 9 11?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. They're staying open the way Toys R Us stayed open for five more years after they were probably going to close. Like just right. some vulture capitalists swept in and bought it, and they'll parade it to its very swift and ugly death. Jesus. <laughs> Oh, get ready for a story. That's the mood I'm in. I'm going to talk about fucking shit. I'm in a bad mood and I brought in an ugly story.
1: Well, do you want
0: to start then? No.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'll start. I know. Fucking do
1: it. Like get into this shit. Who cares? Like
0: already? Be mad. Okay. I mean, you you don't have to. I know. If we warmed up enough, it's like everything. five minutes of bullshit. I mean, I think
2: our fans expect at least
0: 20. <laughs> That's what 20. we gave them last episode. Oh my yeah.
1: God. That's so much.
0: 20 minutes of bullshit is the subtitle of this podcast. A minute which is for called... each. Weird Brunt. Weird Brunt. <laughs> okay.
1: I was like, wait, what is she going to say? We renamed it Whitney. We haven't told you. <laughs> it's called 2020. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that it still is. Twenty twenty, you know? Man, I mean, it's been the weirdest day.
2: I've listened to podcasts that have more than twenty
0: minutes of bullshit up top. Yeah,
1: my favorite oh. murder does it for like forty-five minutes.
0: That's there's who I was talking are, about. <laughs> there's podcasts that are all bullshit up front, and then like at the That's end, true. they give mm-hmm. you that skit that you tuned in for or whatever. That's true. All right, we're gonna talk about. Tulare Lake in California.
1: What is it? it How do you spell Say that?
0: Tulare. T- Tulare. Okay. L-A-R-E. Lake. Okay. And I'm surprised you guys haven't heard of it. It's only the fifth largest freshwater lake in the world. I only. Uh, six, like six my flash,
1: Yeah. My flashcards go up to four. So. Oh. And mine <laughs> only go up to
2: one. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You have one (laughs) flashcard. It was the uh, biggest, biggest lake in the United States outside of the great lakes, obviously. Um, And it covered most of the central. Oh, I already slipped in the past tense. I think, you know what happened to Tulare Lake anyway, the central part of California. uh, If you know anything about California, all the way from Bakersfield to Fresno. Um, So, that whole middle valley that you just drive down i-5 from la to san francisco and it's just nothing that was lakes the so the five. way california yeah the the five the, the five. five it's been too long since i lived in california <laughs> <clears throat> has it no it's been just long enough <laughs> All of Central California is a big valley, right? You usually hear about it, like the valley, like valley girls. <laughs> heard, <about> um, <laughs> heard about it. Heard about it. So that's because it's got Sierra Nevadas, which are super duper tall. And then you got like all the bumpity hill parts on the coast, which are from uh, the earthquakes, you know, just plates ramming into each other and pushing ground up all the time. In between there is a nice wide stretch of land that used to be completely underwater. It was this big giant water mass called Corcoran Lake. And this was like in the time of woolly mammoths. So 30,000 years ago or so. And what happened was snow would fall in the Sierra Nevadas. um, And then it would melt and roll down into the middle of California. And then it couldn't go anywhere because the other mountains on the coast would kind of hold it in. And it was just basically California was one big bathtub. Mm. Absolutely covered with wildlife. Um, And then there was a little break in the coastal mountains that every once in a while, if it really snowed heavily, the water would grow so tall, that it would push over that break. And uh, one year or one decade or whatever in geological time, it pushed really hard and that created San Francisco Bay. That's why San Francisco Bay is shaped the way it is, like the edge, the end of a river, even though there's not really a big river going into it. It's because that lake just sort of broke out there. And that was the bathtub drain. Is (laughs)
2: Is <laughs> geological time different than time? I've just, I, I just—I mean, hit the pipe or the weed, so like I'm not
1: high yet. It's a genuine time, question. Time is a flat circle, Lisa.
0: Right, but so are they like, on geological this time circle? is a bumpy circle? Okay. No, it's it's like that's way of saying this happened really fast in geological time is like it only took a thousand years. That's fast in geology. But yeah. it's still a thousand years. It's like it's just dog weird. dog years. Exactly. But, but for rock. rocks. Rock years. Right. Cool. Yeah, rock years! Rock wow! Rock will never die! Yeah! Okay. See? Hmm. That's all I want. Anyway, when uh, when it burst forward and made San Francisco Bay, uh-oh, now there's a big drain in the bathtub and nothing to plug it up. And that's when Corcoran Lake started emptying up. And most of it dried up. Except for the very bottom of it, which formed four or five giant lakes, one of which, the biggest one, was Tulare Lake. Um, And it was so far away from San Francisco Bay that it wouldn't drain out into that. And no amount of snowfall would make it big enough to do that. So it just sort of sat there, being all huge and shit for thousands and thousands of years. And that's where it was when the Native American tribes for that region, I should name check. The Yokuts Indian Nation uh, inhabited that whole San Joaquin Valley around Tulare Lake because it was like this amazing abundance of birds, fish, clams, mussels, oysters, and turtles. In fact, uh, the very first Spanish uh, kind of infiltrators who came around the, the lake described it as so full of this wildlife that you could drag a bucket through it. And have it full of food, Um, so like it was just this wonderful place (laughs) for eating. Also,
2: yeah, a bucket of food. That sounds like
1: pig stuff. It makes me think of like when you see a bunch of bugs cluttered together and you like scoop (laughs) it, or the videos of like a bunch of tadpoles all in like one bunch. Anyways, cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. uh, You you could eat it if you wanted. Oh, Uh, the Yakuts Indian nation, by the way, was the most densely populated um, area uh, in North America for quite a while until the the Aztecs took off. So this was even back then, California was full of people uh, from New York. So (laughs) that. Is how they kind of <laughs> left it. The Spanish just sort of ignored it because that's the best
2: kinda... like road comic thing I've heard.
0: Oh, girl, it. It's been, <laughs> I haven't gotten on stage. I I know. I have to. I'm devolving. I'm. i mean, I'm,
1: I've You're been crawling back thing. into the primordial soup in San Francisco. It's fine.
0: I totally. And you know what I've been doing lately is I've been stealing jokes from like
1: my friends
0: and from famous comedians and telling them to my children. And they think I'm so much funnier now. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I know. I'm like, this is addictive. I hope I stop when I get back on stage. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Keep my eye on (laughs) you. Lots of people, lots of wildlife, lots of water. Um, The Spanish kind of left it alone because they were more important interested in gold and there was no gold around there because it was this was water like don't think like a nice pretty like Great Lakes rocky shoreline cold water lake that freezes over this is a steamy California lake um that was more like the Florida Everglades or uh, Louisiana kind of place where you'd go around in a boat through the reeds and there's land and water and it's hard Lots to of where the shoreline is a
1: whole lot of breeding going on in them waters oh my
0: god Thus the bucket, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, the breeding bucket. The fuck bucket. Oh, yeah. There's there probably it is. some giant tortoises just getting it on at some point in there. Oof. Uh, grizzly bears on the north end uh, and jaguars on the south end. That's how big this thing was. Woo! And, yeah. Then the Americans showed up in about the 1830s. Uh, they finally burst over the Sierra Nevadas after uh, getting stuck there one time and eating each other. Just
1: um, let's not forget
0: that we know of. Uh, and they came upon this awesome freshwater lake and said, sweet farm time. And they started building farms. They started you know, diverting water for irrigation. And since it's, a closed lake system, right? It doesn't drain out and it's just fed by snowmelt. Any water you take out of it just comes out of it forever. It doesn't go back in uh, once you start taking it out faster than it goes in from the snowmelt. So that started to shrink it a little bit, but it was still a pretty mighty lake and it was still on maps and like named and people were settling around it and towns started sprouting up all over around it. Uh, and some enterprising people, including somebody named Eating Smith. Um, like
2: the verb?
0: Like the verb, Eating Smith. So-called because he, my kids. Was, uh, he, he built a boat called the Water Witch. Like a sailboat. Ooh, uh, fuck yeah. Uh, split sail rig with 14 oars. He'd get a little crew and they'd oar around on the lake. And he would scoop his bucket around. And catch food to bring to San Francisco. Because at that point, you could still find waterways like rivers and stuff that would take you all the way to San Francisco Bay um, in certain times of year. So he would scoop up all sorts of turtles, Mm. uh, bird eggs, and some fish, put them on his boat, and then set sail for San Francisco uh, to sell them. And he was called eating smith because that's what he did. He ate all his profits before he got to San Francisco. Came back, had to sell the water witch to somebody else uh, because he ate all his food. That's cute.
1: What an idiot.
0: The water witch continued on the lake and became kind of a famous thing throughout the remainder of the lake's true life. Uh, And it was often used to gather up food on the lake, sail it up San Francisco and sell it. Uh, One season, they extracted 300 dozen terrapins. So that's mm. uh, almost four thousand turtles um, mm. that were turned into soups in San Francisco.
1: That's a bummer.
0: Uh, so yeah, they're they're just sucking this lake dry already. Uh, meanwhile, the farmers continue to dam it and divert it. In the late eighteen hundreds, a couple of dams got put on the rivers in front of the lake to start to irrigate the fields up river of it. And that started to make it shrink. But the real death blow came thanks to a guy named James Boswell.
1: I fucking James hate him already.
0: Mm-hmm. Boswell. Uh, More like was Boz bad. <laughs> nice. Was living out in Alabama around the Civil War. And the mm-hmm. uh, Civil War ended. And he had a cotton farm. And you can guess who his employees were. Oh, and, they were not uh, employed. <laughs> yeah, he started to feel some economic insecurity mm. after the Civil War ended. Mm. Uh, and also the cotton boll weevil hit and damaged all the crops. And he's like, this is just too damn hard. For some reason, it used to be easy. now it's hard. (laughs) So he heard tell about this giant hot lake out in California full of fresh water, irrigation for miles and miles and miles and plenty of heat. And he thought to himself, that seems like it's far away from the government's prying eyes. And he headed west. And it sure was. He got to California. He settled on Tulare Lake in a town called Corcoran, California, named after the former giant, giant lake. And made himself a little cotton farm. He died pretty quickly thereafter. But his nephew, J.G. Boswell, well, he knew what to do. He dammed up the whole fucking lake and drank it dry. And then bought up all the land that was underneath the lake before. And turned it into one giant cotton farm. And to this J.G. Boswell Company is the world's largest privately owned farm, the world's largest cotton farm, and they also grow alfalfa, tomatoes, onions, and wheat. That's right. California makes more cotton than the South. What? Uh, yeah. Yep. That's and you might be wondering, but how did they get around that whole slave labor thing that was so hard? Mm. Was water really the difference? Turns out California didn't have anybody watching while they could employ all the, excuse me, Mexicans they wanted for free. So uh, they just kind of kept on with the slaving. Uh, Anyway, until the 1950s when they got told to cut it out. (laughs) 1950s, jeez. Yeah. It's still run by uh, James G. Boswell II took over from 1923 to 2009, and he fought like fucking hell against any Any, any attempt to save Tulare Lake. Uh, He wanted to drain dry because every time that lake got smaller, his farm got bigger. Uh, And so there's absolutely no environmental check on that. And he successfully deployed the tactic of uh, blaming the EPA for trying to save fish over people. You know, Mm -hmm. some little steelhead trout or a job. You tell me, you know, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. He died in 2009. At which point a bunch of people ran for Congress promising to bring back Tulare Lake. Because in theory, if you could stop people sucking all the water out in 2009, then the snowmelt would gradually refill the lake and it would come back. And it would obviously be a huge boon to the region's farms to have a giant freshwater lake to sustainably draw out of. Not to mention solve a lot of California's pressing water problems. Uh, And also be good for you know fish and birds and shit. Uh, To this day, when it rains a lot, a ton of birds descend on the Tulare Lake Basin looking for the lake, which is not there. Uh, Oh, yeah, they're very confused. Birds. So he he croaked, and left his uh, uh, company to his son named J. G. Boswell, the uh, James W. Boswell, so not the third. Um, But James W. Boswell apparently was like, whatever, we've made enough money and we're moving on to other stuff. Unfortunately, uh, California did not decide to elect people who were interested in saving Tulare Lake. And unfortunately, they decided to keep electing um, the incumbent representative for the area and all the incumbent county commissioners, etc., who were very pro-farm. And now here we are 10 years later. California is caught on fire like 67 times. There's no water left. And here's the really fun part. The entire Tulare Lake Basin, which is a thousand square miles, has sunk 32 feet. Whoa! In 10 years. The ground is just sinking down. Because... It was never hard packed, it was always covered with water. Mm -hmm. And that water was seeping through the soft loam underneath into large underwater uh, aquifers. The farms, now that there's not a lake anymore, are pumping out of those aquifers at a furious rate. So as the water in the aquifer drops, so does the fucking land. And so this entire super important farming region in America is slowly digging itself to hell by overusing water in order to make cotton that we don't even need to make anymore. We're only making because of farm subsidies. The end.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. yeah. That is one of California's four disappearing lakes. There's some other ones, like salt and sea is probably the most um, famous one because it was... <laughs> The Salton Sea was created near San Diego by accident when they were trying to irrigate that part, like the really deserty, Palm Springsy part. And they diverted some of the Colorado River, and it spilled over, and it just spilled over too much, and it seeped up all the uh, the groundwater, and it just turned into this salty mess. Um, but they grew palm trees around it, and then in nineteen like forties and fifties and sixties, it became like this really hip place, this like resort, like Vegas style. Frank Sinatra would go out there. Roy Rogers would go out there. All these stars would be on the edge of the Salton Sea. There's all these hotels and stuff from the 50s and that awesome mid-century look. But uh, (laughs) it started to evaporate. So now they're just sitting in the middle of the fucking desert, abandoned, and there's there's all these ghost towns around where the Salton Sea basically used to be. (laughs) And one last one, real quick. There's a lake called Walker Lake up on the north end of this whole water system, um, up kind of like closer to San Francisco and Sacramento. Walker Lake is a famous fishing lake that is managed by a private company and it's dammed for hydroelectric power. So uh, one day everybody on there was fishing happily and then they went to bed and they woke up the next day and there was a hole full of dead fish. All the water disappeared overnight.
1: Whoa. Yeah. what happened
0: they don't know
1: what how can you not I know?
0: know i don't know they have a couple theories uh one is that the water table created a sort of straw that sort of sucked it down and mm-hmm. sort of you know i'll i drink your milkshake style Sure, mm-hmm. as it should uh, another
1: you don't deserve your drink. milkshake <laughs>
0: Another is that some uh, routine maintenance on the dam cleared up a tube that was supposed to actually not be cleared up and it just fucking drained out like a bathtub. Overnight. Overnight.
1: Yeah, overnight. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's wild. Um, And then the third is that the private company who owned it uh, didn't want to pay for the EPA mandated transportation of the fish as they headed into the natural dry season in spring because they like, Agreed with the EPA that they would take the fish and carefully move them to a lower lake when the this lake naturally dropped to too low of a level to sustain them. They didn't want to foot that bill, so just pulled the plug on the lake.
2: Damn. I don't
0: know which one to believe. Probably all three.
1: Are you okay? No, I am not okay. I think I broke something, or dislocated it, or no, no, just a quick. All better. All better. Oh, better! Oh, better! I don't want to be your pie. Oh, my
0: um,
2: God. Sorry. You I don't think have a- to be anyone's pie, Whitney. Oh, I'm a
1: pie.
0: Stand up for yourself.
1: Yeah. Be a cake, bitch. <laughs> oh, mm. pie is so much better than cake. I agree. In my that. opinion.
0: But... Yes, to eat, yes. To be, Mm -hmm. I think I'd rather be a cake. I feel like it would have more structural integrity. Yeah.
2: Less likely to be eaten if there's pie
1: around. Prettier, Mm -hmm. like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: on the outside, maybe not on the inside, like a pie.
0: Less likely to be eaten by ants. Is
1: that true? More likely to be stolen from a windowsill if we're going by cartoons.
0: That's a pie. Hi! Oh, if, if oh. that's what you're looking for in life—to be stolen from a windowsill—you
2: like a little adventure. I do. <laughs> you want to not
0: know where you're going? <laughs> you want to? You want to my knapsack?
1: <laughs> my bindle, yes.
0: My bindle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm. Wow. Lisa, did snacks. you want
1: to go second, or you want me to do it? Because you seemed like you wanted to go. You don't gotta. I know I your mouth know. is full right now. I'm just gonna keep talking to you.
2: I I don't normally eat Skittles, but they're here. Um, <gasps> Skittles.
1: Skittles, yum. Sorry, didn't mean to ruin the day. Um, she, she did that shit on purpose. She bought those mm, Skittles and brought them to I don't the recording really, I don't just really to eat them. It. But I'm gonna eat them right now. I'm treating myself. Um
0: unbelievable you guys what grow up <laughs> I, can't. I don't know <laughs>
1: this well, is the song that never ends sorry I, will say. Mm, 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 mm. I got in trouble for singing that at some fucking kid when i was a kid and yesterday yeah.
2: you got in trouble <laughs> for just singing it in a place where an adult could yell at you
0: mhm
2: mhm um I don't think we're going to be able to grow up just yet. Karina, I am sorry. Cause, um, I'm going to talk about the Erfurt latrine disaster of 1184.
0: What? I'm so excited. A
1: latrine disaster. That sounds shitty. (laughs) (laughs) So shitty. Um, Get it? I do. uh,
2: So first. We all got it. Yeah let's talk about shit holes <laughs> uh typically um you know, and we're talking the uh twelfth century right now and early twelfth century, and a toilet is a hole in the ground, right like yes for the for the plebes, you get a hole in the ground um That said, fancier buildings, like churches and stuff, were uh, a little bit more advanced with their holes in the ground. They would uh, designate, like, an entire space, almost like a part of the structure, but like its own structure. It would be pretty sequestered, uh, and that would be, you know, where they had their waste holes.
0: Uh, Mm Mm-hmm.
2: This is because they could put it directly, like it could filter through directly to the grounds, which is fertilizer, um, or, you know, into the moat, make you want to enter this castle even less. So they also, the noble residents kind of realized the value um, of urine and feces. They would keep it and then sell it to peasants for uh, field and garden fertilizers, so these waste holes were very large, like septic tanky. Um, they, it's basically like not fully the whole building, but it's it's big enough to hold years and years of shit and urine. So. Oh, also, and this, I just thought this was interesting. And that's what this podcast is for. Uh, One of the words for the toilet rooms in the old castles is guard robe, which is, makes sense because the original meaning is wardrobe uh, for that word. And clothes were actually kept above some of the, like, stalls because urine uh specifically if it's like this is the pee hole if they had that separation um they uh the ammonia of the urine would waft up and kill lice and moths and plagued
1: clothing i mean you know you gotta work with what you got
0: yeah yeah The fact that
1: somebody left some of their clothes above a pee hole for long enough to realize that it killed off lice in itself is kind of brilliant by being lazy. Mesmerizing,
0: truly. Medieval medieval baking soda, basically.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm going to do it. If your kid ever has lice, just pee on its head and... Bye, you know you might have to do yeah.
1: it a few times. God, yeah, I don't know if it works if it's direct like that. Um, <laughs> I got lice a lot as a child, so oh no, oh yeah, all the time. Uh. Just What's up, uh, y'all?
2: <laughs> not <laughs> putting on other people's hats. It's with brushing my you. hair with my all hair hair brushes. brushes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: this is my strange addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: having lies.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. So, okay, back to uh chronological and less toilet talk. So King Heinrich the Sixth was in control of Germany at the time. Um, and let's see, he was born in 1865, um, and. In, this when this incident happens, his ass is nineteen. Like all these wow. young king bullshit, it, it weirds me out. Okay, uh, King Heinrich was the son of Frederick the First Barbarossa, and he mm-hmm. was the head of the Holy Roman Empire. Um, so King Heinrich was appointed king of Romans when he was barely four years old. Uh, And then started going with his father on campaigns, which is, you know, the invasions. Yeah. Invasions are like just swinging your dick around. Um, And let's see. Oh, so this era with the Holy Roman Empire, we've got a lot of power struggles between, you know, the feudal nobles of these lands and the Roman Catholic Church. One of these specific conflicts was between Archbishop of Mainz Conrad of Wittelsbach, uh,
0: <laughs> and what was his Bach? It was just a Wittelsbach. <laughs> <boo>. uh, and
2: <laughs> the Landgrave of Thuringia. <laughs> Say that one more time. The Landgrave of Thuringia or oh, yeah, Ludwig the 3rd. That was nice. okay. LOTR title. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Erfurt <laughs> is the capital of Thuring. I'm going to say Thuringia, but it is in Germany so I don't know that that's how it would be said. Um, Thuringia and uh, oh this is also where Luther studied. Hello. Oh. Mm. Named Martin over here. Luther.
0: <laughs>
2: um Thuringia and Mainz clashed when the archbishop began constructing a castle on a hill in High Hi- <laughs> Heiligenburg. Yes. In eleven eighty. So this is just really close to the Thuringia border. So they're like, the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? This is fucked up. I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, the project was actually because they were afraid that Ludwig the Third was going to invade, but he was like, "No, this is a challenge. Like you're putting your dick in my face, and I'm not fucking taking it."
0: And Get your Wittelsbach out of my face. Get your Wittelsbach
2: <laughs> way back, um, and. King Heinrich VI was like, oh, my God, these two with the constant bitching. Uh, He's also Ludwig's cousin. But uh, King Heinrich, like, he takes his ass to them. He calls a meeting with the region's nobles and high-ranking officials. So he's like, we're going to get this figured out, and we're going to have a lot of people have a lot of say in this matter. So they all go to St. Peter's Church. Um, this building is still standing. And they meet at the upper level of the rectory. Uh, and mm-hmm. as soon as they all clamor in, it's like 60, 100. There's a lot. Uh, wait, it's not 60 or 100. It's uh, maybe 100 to 200, somewhere in there. Um. So they're in the upper level of the rectory. As soon as they all file in, the floor collapses and they land on the first floor and then that floor collapses and then they land in the latrine and then that floor collapses.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) And
2: now they're in the large fecal pool.
1: Oh, shit. Literally. And this is like the scene in the Aristocats when they
2: go mm-hmm. down
1: every level. Uh, okay, tight. everybody, everybody wants to be, to a, cat. be a cat in the <laughs> shithole. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: <laughs> maybe the most cartoony thing that I've read as a historical account, and <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> So yeah, they also refer to basically the septic tank as the large fecal pool. So that's just always fun. Um, I feel like we're gonna see that band soon. At least 60 nobles died in shit. It may have been closer to a hundred.
1: Dang, I love it.
2: Some of them died from the fall because they've got beams and stones coming at them as well, but they think most suffocated. In shit.
0: Oh, my God.
2: Shit that, in fact, was years old because they had not cleaned that out. Um, You had a pooper scoop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Somebody needs a job. So
2: at least 60 of them died. I said that. Ludwig survives, uh, which is Interesting. He was actually out on the floor. So he was with everybody who fell and he fell all the way down. And then he was completely like, he had some cuts and scrapes that clearly got filled with shit. Um, but he did not die from any kind of infections or anything. He survives. Um, the king and the archbishop also survive, And that's because they're over here doing secrets in a corner before this trial happens. (laughs) (laughs) They're over here like, hey, I'm the king. I can, what's going on? Um, And so they survive. They actually, they grab uh, iron rails of a window as the floor collapses. Again, this is so cartoony. And (laughs) they hold on until they can get a ladder. So they get a ladder. Uh, And as soon, as soon as King Heinrich gets down, he just is, he leaves the city just so fucking fast. (laughs)
0: Like,
2: I was never Lose my number. This is the (laughs) worst possible thing I could ever think of. So King Heinrich, he goes on. Um, So yeah, then, you know, other people, like I said, died. In shit. Uh, so some people did survive. There's just there's not a ton of documentation because one, how embarrassing, and two, yeah. it's eleven eighty four. Uh, there's no gossip columns going on. So nobody
0: could write. No, none yeah. of those people were literate.
1: Yeah, People Magazine wasn't around then. <laughs> All the literate people. <laughs> Literally died in a big bowl
0: of shit. Shit.
1: So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a pool Sorry about of, it.
2: A pool of feces. Um,
0: half half of Europe's total knowledge died that yeah, day. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they were probably
2: shit. all assholes anyways. Eh, that's true. Probably, yes. Um, so this is just kind of a... You know, at the end of Animal House, uh, where they tell you what everybody went on to do. I
1: oh, love it. So those
2: those three main guys. So we've got mm-hmm. King Heinrich. Um, so he ran out of the city and then went on to follow his father, and he took over governance of the Roman Empire. He would oh. um, also go on to block a revolt uh, by Henry the Lion, and his. Titles were stripped away, uh, Henry the Lion. In 11686, he married Princess Constance of Sicily in Milan. Uh, She was a decade older than he was, but he was a good match uh, because she was the daughter of Roger II, the Norman monarch of Sicily. So he gets in there. Uh, Ludwig, he joins the Third Crusade of eleven uh, eighty nine to eleven ninety two. Barbarossa and his army marched through the Balkans, cross Asia Minor. Ludwig and his entourage sailed from Brindis- Brindisi in southern Italy to Tyre, Tyre, mm-hmm. something like that, Tar. Tire, I just Tyre. assume it's
1: spelled like tire
2: with a Y. Okay, um, starts with a Y. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. then, yeah, he took part in the siege of Acre. Uh, he died on board a ship near Cyprus in October of 1190. His this is why I wanted to say this his entrails were buried on that island. And his bones were transported yeah. to a monastery in Thuringia. Mm. I don't care for that. Got, got the old entrails treatment. Yeah, I you gotta
1: take the that. bones out.
2: I don't fucking care for that. Yeah, you leave you my a, bones in my goddamn body.
0: No, if you want a tender fillet, like what bone if I it take it like first.
2: like like the tip of your pinky finger or something? You Better make an earring out of it. I will.
0: What if I just take your wiener's Bach, your widow's back sorry take, yeah no take wieners my wiener Bach, please uh, let's uh, see too much fun
2: conrad the archbishop dude um mm. he uh he actually went on to do a he kind of prospered so he is leading an <laughs> army on the crus in a crusade in 1197 uh, the holy once in the Holy Land, he acts as leg get leg. Mm-hmm. Okay, for Pope Celestine the Third for two years. He returns to Germany in eleven ninety nine. Turn of the century, man, we're pumped up. <laughs> New Year's Eve, let's go. Is Y two K gonna happen? I don't know. Um, and let's see, he's further powers as papal. Papal Legay, like, Legate
0: like Uh he <laughs> Papal Legay. I like it. <laughs> Papal Legay is a definite drag queen name, if anybody needs one. Oh
1: for sure. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. hmm
2: I like that. Mm-hmm. Um then he's like making peace with some folks with Hungary, uh, and then he dies on the way home from Hungary. So he makes peace and then he dies. Um the horrific death and very comedic visuals of the Erfurt Latrine Disaster of 1184. Erfurt.
1: How do you spell Erfurt?
2: E-R-F-U-R-T.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Oh, Erfurt.
1: I was thinking <laughs> like O-E. Erfurt. Mm-mm. Do y'all mind if I yeah. fill up my wine before I tell my next, my story because it is, has everything and I need it.
0: I was going to demand that you Mm refill your wine before you told your story. Okay. agree. Thank you. I'll
1: I'll BRB in the Erfurt. (laughs)
0: Ah! Oh, (laughs) Oh. okay. I don't think she made it.
1: Mm
0: -mm. Oh man. That, I can't believe I've never heard of that before. That is like,
2: When I saw this, Mm. I was like, this is a Karina story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Mm. Nope. All right. Are y'all
1: ready for the story that has everything? Also.
0: So ready. If Mm
1: -hmm. I look over here, it's because I moved y'all over here on my other screen so I can look at my shit. Okay. So let's Mm. fucking do this. And... We're going to be talking about a time very close to where we are now. Let's go back to 2007. You know, I just was like in college, like shit was going down. Um, But, you know, compared to the rest of the millennia, uh, not a troublesome time like we're having in 2020. So there's a mom. She's wonderful. Her name? Oh. Paige Bergfeld. She looks Ooh. kind of like um Allison Mack,
0: Mm-mm. the chick <gasps> from
1: no. Nexium. Mm-hmm. Nexium. Um, Her face mm. shape is very similar. So in 2007, Paige Bergfeld, she's 34 years old. She's got her shit together. She has 3 kids and she's living in the suburbs of Grand Rapids, Colorado. Oh. Okay. Oh, that took a turn. I thought you were going to say yeah.
0: Michigan. Michigan. I am. Oh, drunk.
1: no. Grand Rapids, I think is Grand Rapids. Anyways, Colorado, she's definitely in Colorado at the very least. Uh so she's doing Good Grand Junction. I need Grand Junction. That's what it is. No, you're right. Grand Junction. I'm so sorry. Not Grand Rapids. I already fucked it up. Glad we're getting a strong start. So, (laughs) Paige. She loves hanging out with her family. She Mm. is recently divorced. She's a single mom. Her ex-husband, his name is Rob Dixon, he moved away to Philadelphia. It turns out Rob, while being super rich at the time that they got married, uh, he was a trust fund kid. His parents had invested in cell phone technology early on and like cha-ching, guess what? Everyone has them now. So Rob was super rich. They build this giant house in Grand Junction. And um
0: <laughs> couldn't have been that rich if they stayed in Grand well, Junction. Just to-
1: everything <laughs> was going good. They have three mm. kids, obviously. And then he thinks he's hot shit. He makes a bunch of risky investments. And guess what? None of them paid off. So Aww. He basically loses all his money, gets all pissy because he's a man and he can't deal with his like shortcomings. So he they get divorced uh, and Paige is living in this gigantic house with her her three kids. <sighs> um, so, all right, Paige, she's like, that's cool. I love my kids, you know. I will do whatever I've got to do. She starts her own uh, dance class business, and she starts working for an MLM called uh, Pampered Chef, if y'all mm-hmm, have heard no. of that one. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's working for Pampered Chef, living mm-hmm. in her giant house, and she's doing pretty well at it. But, you know, that can only go on for so long. Um, and Paige... Whoa, that was out. It's okay.
0: <laughs> so
1: on June twenty-eighth, two thousand seven, Paige had been out and she doesn't come home. <gasps> uh her kids they have She's getting too pampered. <laughs> they have these I know. super heartbreaking like uh, phone like voicemails you can hear where it's her kids so her kids are I want to say they're like eight six and three it's the oh, eldest no. calls and she's like mom where are you like I'm really mad at you because you haven't come home I'm really scared it's oh no, so are sad. they home alone Is no it no just no the- Paige has a nanny who's been looking after them oh But Uh, still the kids, I mean, she didn't show like moms don't just don't not show up. Like that's not how it works. Mm -mm. Uh, And so people start to kind of be like, "Okay, where the where where is Paige? And the police are like, all right, let's try and figure out what's going on. And they get another phone call and it's from a guy named Ron Beegler. Who I don't like him already is her Mm-mm. first ex-husband. So ten years earlier, what? Paige had married her high school sweetheart. It didn't work out. She really wanted kids. He didn't want kids. They end up getting divorced pretty quickly., uh, so that was ten years ago, so Paige was about twenty four when that happened. But since then, Obviously, she had gotten remarried, had her three kids, and gotten divorced again. She's rekindled this relationship with her first ex. So, mm. turns out, Beegler, her first ex, happened to see her on the day she disappeared. Hmm. They had started dating again, like I said, and she lived in Grand Junction. And I think he said he, he, or he lived like about four hours away and they were meeting in the middle. And so (laughs) they had driven to meet each other at a picnic, like rest stop and hang out. And the police see that based on her cell phone records in 2007, Uh, she had gone and met this guy. And so they... At a rest stop? Well, I don't know if it was a rest stop, but they met at a picnic area in between, like, the middle section between where he lives and she lives. I'm not here to Mm -hmm. stay asking for it, but... No. Mm -hmm. So what had happened was Paige went, met him, and she was like, hey, you know, like, they hung out for a while, and they're like, okay, gotta go back. Paige was like, I'm gonna call you later, and... You know, we can flirt whatever we've been doing. So he goes, she goes back. He goes back. She calls him around 9 p.m. And police can tell from her records that she had pinged just a few miles from her house. And that's the last that he hears from her.
0: Hmm.
1: So the police are like, okay, well, we need to call up this guy. Also, he had called. And the reason he called was because since that 9 o'clock call, he hadn't heard from her for a couple days. And he was like, no, like, we've been, like, totes flirting constantly. Like, and then she just fucking disappeared. I'm calling the police. He called, let them know. He also called her Paige's family and was like, something weird's going on. And the cops are like, guess what, buddy? You're the first person – or the last person that saw Paige and was in contact with her. So you're our suspect. And he's like, fuck, okay. Congratulations. congratulations." (laughs) Also, you're an ex-husband. Like, this is all fucking weird. What if they they went to houses and they just had the
2: big check and balloons (laughs) and the check just had, like, pictures of handcuffs on it? First suspect.
1: All right. So... They do some research into Beagler, the first husband, and they're like, you know what? We can tell based off your cell phone records that you were indeed back in your hometown, like four hours away from where Paige was. So we're pretty sure it couldn't have been you. And after that, Pretty soon, police get a nine one one call that there's a red Ford Focus in flames in an empty parking lot nearby. Turns out, isn't that just
0: what Ford Focuses do? Yeah, they just (laughs) catch on fire.
1: That red Ford Focus happened to be Paige's car, Hmm. Uh, the same one she She had been driving.
2: Hold on, hold on. She has a nanny, and she drives a Ford Focus.
1: Like I said. Paige's ex-husband was the rich one. He, so he went was bankrupt, paying. moved away. And so Paige has this big house, but she's trying to make ends meet through Pampered oh. Chef and teaching dance classes and kind of doing whatever Driving she can. Driving a Ford Focus. Driving yes. a Ford Focus. And I mean, I don't know if you can really call that woman a nanny or a babysitter. In the articles I read, it said nanny, but... Odds are probably just like a friend babysitter mm-hmm. doing okay. her a Stay solid. Clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's this red Ford focus in flames. The one she was driving the night she didn't come home. And police are like, ah. go to the scene. The first thing they notice is that the driver's seat is pushed all the way back. Like if a dude is going to drive your car, she was five foot four. So we all know how that girl drives right up there. Steering wheel in your chest kind of deal. That's how I do it. Um, Second, she had a planner in the trunk. And even though the fucking car was on fire and most of the like – any type of evidence of where she was had been burned up in this fire. Her planner had a bunch of those like plastic things on it. So everything inside it kind of got preserved and melted in this plastic. And they're like, holy shit, dude. Like this is it. And they're like open up the planner, flipping through it and seeing everything preserved in plastic. And they get to the date that she disappeared. But – Four days had been ripped out. And all what? four of them were the days that she had been missing. Oh, so, no. As Chapter the police ends. are like, God damn it. Fuck. They start to hear tales of husband number two, the rich one, Rob Dixon. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, Rob Dixon was this rich kid whose parents had invested in cell phone stuff. He had a, you know, like trust fund. He's super wealthy. He invests in a bunch of shit and it does not go well. He ends up having to file bankruptcy and paid and they get divorced because no, he's a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) I just, a good reason. This guy
1: fucking sucks. So, First, in 2006, so they're married like not too long before that, Paige calls the police. This is a year before her disappearance. By 2006, Paige calls the police and is like, quote, my husband and I were in a fight. He wanted the children to stay with him, and he said that I would come home and find them all murdered and she's ah. freaking out because he's telling her this shit. And then a year like later on that year, she calls him again because he punches her, she's holding their like baby and he is obviously he's bankrupt now, he's losing his shit, he's being abusive, <clears throat> he fucking sucks. They go get divorced. He files for bankruptcy. And, like, ends up having to take some, like, anger management bullshit. So, the police are like, I mean, y'all, like, this guy, like, she's called and said he wants to murder their children. All this crazy stuff. Like, he's clearly a piece of shit. But, Dixon, shitty husband, ex-husband, has an airtight alibi because He's in Philadelphia. He's been like calling people, chatting on his cell phone. It's picking or pinging off of shit up in Philadelphia the whole entire night. Like, not even like once or twice. Like, he's far, far away.
2: Unless he paid someone to make phone calls in
1: Philadelphia. I mean, Mm -hmm. well, let's see. (laughs) So, one (laughs) month after the burning car was discovered, The police find Paige's belongings. So some fucking person was driving down, I think it was Highway 50, and pulled over, had a tire problem, discovers this checkbook, and is like, holy shit, like this, I don't know if he knew whose checkbook it was and recognized Paige's name, but her checkbook is there, calls the police, the police come, they find her checkbook, they find like business cards and multiple things that belonged to Paige along this string of highway, like right up by the road. And in that they see this company letterhead on a business card called models Inc. (gasps) What? (laughs) I've heard it. I know this. So the police are like, this is kind of wild. At the same time, her family discovers this other, like, a computer that the police hadn't taken. And they open that and they find some shit too. And it turns out that Paige has been living a secret life where she is also an escort on a site yeah. called NaughtyNightlife.com. Oh, get it, so,
0: Paige.
1: Paige, like I said, has this giant house, and I don't know if I mentioned this, and I hope I didn't because I wanted to kind of like let it be a surprise. But fucking Paige's mortgage on that giant goddamn house that her shitty husband moved to Philadelphia and filed bankruptcy on, her mortgage is six thousand dollars a month. So oh there's no way she wait in, and he grand-
0: is. Yeah, Junction, yeah. Colorado. It's huge.
1: It's like on a golf course. Like it's gigantic.
0: Oh my God. Her husband had their money. filed
1: for bankruptcy and was paying her $500 a month in like uh, child <laughs> support for their three children. Three kids? Three children. Oh, I want that deal. In a Sorry. fucking <laughs> $6,000 <laughs> right? a month house. Jeez. Right? Wow. So the police uh. find this card. We have this computer, and it turns out that Paige, a.k.a. Carrie, has been Mm -hmm. doing some escorting on the side. So Paige had always been a lover of dance. Hey, me too. Uh, (laughs) She obviously taught kids dance, but when she was in her early 20s, She started doing exotic dancing because they needed money and she wanted to. Who gives a fuck? Also, I don't even know if I like the term exotic dancer. Like, fuck you. Anyways, she was a dancer. She was making, she told a friend of hers that in her early 20s, she was making $400,000 a year being an exotic dancer. Damn. She
0: she was was good. She's super hot. Like,
1: if you look her up, like, she on the, there's like a screenshot that I will post of her, um, I don't, I want to say coordinates. <laughs> That's not right. Her measurements and all that stuff, her ad, basically, she's five, four, 112 pounds, and she has 34 double Ds. Like she's built like a it's Selma right. Hayek or something, you know, and she's right. beautiful. Uh, so Paige, when faced with the fact that she was gonna lose her house and the place where her three kids grew up, I assume decided that fuck it. You know what? I'm going to start escorting on the side and I'm going to make this money and my kids and nobody else is ever going to know about it. And I'm mm-hmm. going to save the day. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's what she, oh, yeah.
1: that's what she's been doing. Um, I would totally
0: do that if I could.
1: Right. Like, 100%. 100%, 100%. Fuck, can I do it 100%. Uh, so, She's been living this kind of double life on the side as Carrie. She wouldn't I
0: like that she's a Carrie and not a Samantha. She's def- nice. I mean
1: <laughs> it, it is kind Miranda. of more of a Samantha move <laughs> if we think about it. I oh, know,
0: yeah. but she's she's a Carrie. This is she's the protagonist. She's Carrie. You know? I like that she took that. Yeah, take the power.
1: So her deal was that she would not have sex with clients but she would do private dances, naked massages, you know, all that stuff. Mm, no shame for thing. sex work in any way. Mm-mm. Um but this extra lifestyle that they discover means that there's a lot the pool of people who have taken page grows exponentially because there's so many people that she's been in contact with. The night of her disappearance, somebody had left a message on her cell phone that said, this is drawn at most Motel 6, just wondering if you're coming or not. A guy had paid over $14,000, that guy, for encounters with escorts, most of them from her and through fraudulent checks. Uh, the guy was named Jorge. <laughs> sorry, not Jorge. I was gonna say Jorge, but there's, anyways, George
0: yeah.
1: Coraluzo. He had called Paige twenty times the night she didn't come home.
0: Damn, she was good. But
1: he drowned in two thousand eleven. So, oh, that kind of gives you a drowned clue that as the fact that this. <laughs> has gone on for a very long time. Paige disappeared in 2007. So all all these people are suspects. And then they find a guy named Jim who had called Paige twice on the night she went missing. He called from a Walmart that he had purchased a track phone at. Do y'all remember those? Mm T-R-A-C-F-O-N-E. That's. Um, I don't think
0: I ever knew what those are. That's like really?
1: burner phone yeah. shady shit. Okay. Hmm. Uh, and Walmart finds, so despite the fact that this is a burner phone, they're able to narrow it down to the day that it's purchased and they find video surveillance tape of this guy buying this burner phone. Wait, Jorge? No. His name is Lester oh. Jones, but he his was going... Is his name is Lester Jones. He was going by Jem. Lester, turns out, had been convicted previously of kidnapping and assaulting his ex-wife. They mm. pick him up and realize, hey, on top of you calling Paige this night, you're Wife at the time was out of town, and he's like, Yeah, I mean, that's what I said. And he admits to that. He admits to leaving his house between 9 and 10 p.m., which is when Paige received those last two phone calls. Lester Jones is six foot five, so he's fucking giant and literally over a foot taller, and probably. Minimum twice the weight of page. He turns out worked at an RV store that was across the street directly from the place that the police had found the burning Ford. In that parking lot. What is it? The Ford. Anyways, Ford Focus. Focus. The burning Ford Focus was found in the parking lot across the street from where Lester Jones worked. The police are like, Yo, buddy, kind of a coincidence on all this Got weird stuff. Got a little thing. <laughs> Just kind of lining up perfectly. We're going to come to your work and search around here. They find handwritten notes about escorts from Lester. Like, are you fucking serious about
0: another guy who writes this like confession,
1: the kind of sex they would agree to about wigs and Viagra pills, despite he was just taking notes on, I guess, is he? Yeah. Like just jotting it down, like gotta get Viagra, gotta get this type of sex. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, a little just in case he yeah. forgets what he likes. Despite <laughs> all this evidence against Lester, the problem is there is no body. Nobody knows where Paige is, and you know it's very hard to bring somebody in and accuse them of anything if there is no body and if nobody mm-hmm. is can be even sure that she's dead. Uh, Mm -hmm. In the meantime, Paige's family is very adamant that she would never leave her children like she was super dedicated to them. But ultimately, there is no hard evidence against this guy. But all that changes in 2012 when there's a group of hikers. So 2012, that's five years later. A group of Mm -hmm. hikers find a human skull 60 miles south of Paige's home. There's duct tape around the jaw of the skull from the back of the head all the way out. There's bones that stretch across an entire mile of this dry creek bed. And the police are able to get the jawbone and identify that it is in fact Paige's body based on dental oh. records so oh man
0: i was kind of i was kind of hoping she was like in the wings like learning martial arts so that she could take her revenge on like all these men yeah.
1: unfortunately you, you know? not in mm. september 2016 they put lester jones on trial for murdering Paige, and the first jury comes back hung And they're like, Are you fucking (laughs) serious? Uh, Jones' first wife comes out and is like, These are all the times that he beat me. These are all the times that he threatened the lives of other people around me, as well as myself. And people think that Lester Jones might have killed Paige because he thought his second wife was about to find out that he had been paying for sex. So he just decided, Hey, I'm going to kill Carrie, AKA page. That makes sense. Seems dramatic. (laughs) During the second trial, (laughs) Lester Jones couldn't hold his shit together. All of his lying. And the district attorney said, First, he denied being at Walmart at all. Then he said he was there to buy a soda. Ultimately, when shown the picture, he said that he was there buying a monster cable. So everybody.
2: (laughs) Being like, I need a soda. I should go to a giant Walmart. I'm going to Walmart
1: to buy a soda.
2: A convenient store
1: but obviously the jury was like okay so you said you weren't there then you said you were and then you said you were there for a different reason entirely uh it didn't work they pinned the crime on him totally and lester jones was finally convicted after 10 years of being basically on the loose From murdering Paige. And he got Mm. sentenced to 65 years. Which means he will die. But. The fact that they weren't like. Fucking life in prison. Is kind of annoying. There was also a weird. So there's a lot of weird. uh, Phone calls that happened with this. Um, One of them. When Lester was first arrested. He had to talk to a sheriff or no, 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 he wasn't arrested. Like his cars had been impounded by the police. And when the police called to tell him they could come and pick it up, Lester was like, I don't know if he was fucked up or just like fucked in the head, literally. But (laughs) they were like, Hey, Mr. Lester, like you're, cars are ready. We're just letting you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, are you calling about the body? And they were like, excuse me, what? And he was like, are you asking me where I buried the body? And they were like, (laughs) no, sir. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? So fucking Lester was just lucky. Unfortunately, uh, up until you know the point where he finally got his upums, but that's the story of Paige. I what? I haven't heard upums. Your up-ums yeah. will come. In a mm. very long time. I love that word. That's a sad, sad story of Paige Bergfield, a woman who was just trying to fucking deal with her shitty ex-husband. Who left her with a $6,000 house and three kids, and just the world took her out. And it fucking sucks. She was 34 Ugh. years old when she died,
0: which is how oh, old God. I
1: will be this Saturday.
0: All right, here's the moral of the story if you find yourself living in Grand Junction, Colorado, in the middle of a desert, nowhere near any c- civilization, with a $6,000 house, three kids, a slam and bod in your early 30s. Move. Take that money and go to New York <laughs> City or Los Angeles, California or anywhere else. You'll make more money as an escort. Your kids will get a better education and you won't have to deal with the fucking house payments. Yeah. Okay? Okay. Kill, Ladies, please Agreed. heed my call.
1: She was... Like, not that beauty is what defines somebody, but well, she, if she got it. had shit going on for her and was using it to make some goddamn money, like she should. Are the kids with him now? Yeah, the fucking kids are living with the dad now, which is a bummer because he was definitely <sighs> abusive to the mom. So, who knows?
2: Probably if with it the kids.
1: carries over or not? Yeah. Also, he sounded like Mm. a fucking moron because he lost literally all of his money, like millions and millions of dollars. Just Also, like, how is he feeding them if
2: he's bankrupt as
1: fuck? His parents still have money. My guess is he blew everything and now his parents are like, fine, we'll give you a little bit.
0: Yeah, or he's working as a financial planner and stealing money. That's what most people like that do. Mm. Oh.
1: So that's how you make money. Is there a wiki how <laughs> on how to do that? You're right. Let's do it.
0: You have to grow up rich and then mishandle money for a long time, and then you just sort of know. Oh, I was fucked from the start then. Yeah, me too. We all were. Me mm-hmm. fucking
1: too. Sad. But it's so sad. I'm anyway. R.I.P. Page. She seemed like a I think yeah. that might
0: be I think that might have been our best episode ever. Oh my god! Oh, it had. That's it had a little bit of everything. It did well. righteous anger, medieval shit, Mm -hmm. true crime, sex slave stories, sex slave. Mm -hmm. Not really any sex slaves, but yeah, I think we win. We we won the internet. Good job.
1: Hell yeah! Look at how look at how many. Paw prints from my hand are on this wine glass. Do y'all see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oops. it
0: does look very cloudy, Ew. like a Christmas ornament. Got, like
1: gross oily hands. It's fine. No. <laughs> it just, yeah, it looks frosted. You
0: have, yeah, you have it's frosty frosted. hands. It looks festive. Yeah,
1: I am going to put up my Christmas tree this weekend.
0: Why not?
1: We put up our yeah. Christmas lights in our front yard like the first month of or the first month of November. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. We've got our
2: oh. lights up and tree up. We just have to decorate that tree. Decor- de- for the Lord.
1: For baby Jesus. Karina, when does your dog get here? January. Oh, it's wild, right?
0: Born born in mid-January, if all goes well with the litter. And then we'll drive up. We'll pick one out in February after they, like, develop a personality and get the basic training. And then we'll drive up in March.
1: That is a That's process. Cool.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a process. This is why people go to the rescue shelter mm-hmm. and why we are being bad people. But I want a fucking Irish setter. I want an Irish setter. They're hard to find. You can't hope for one. You have to go actually get one. I'm so excited.
2: I mean, yeah, if you want something, you got to... You got to take those steps. You got you to gotta fucking mm-hmm. go.
0: Mm-hmm. You got to go get I what like you it. want. That's right.
2: We all deserve like the,
0: it. The Brene Brown energy you brought into this episode has been really welcome. So, thank Benet you. I feel bolstered. Yeah.
1: You should start yeah. your own wanted. podcast. I, I will.
2: And the 30 minute ones mean it was just me, and the hour <laughs> ones mean I brought a friend. Uh, I'm am, am and I That's the why we're hour to and her half. podcast.
0: We are under it's an hour. It's thirty minutes each. Oh. It's thirty minutes each. Thirty mm-hmm. minutes per person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A- that's how podcasts work. This is it
2: is cool. Uh, I hope you heard that. My favorite murder. Thirty minutes each. You get thirty minutes each. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love them. I do too.
1: Can't help it. Well, thanks for listening. Please follow us at Weird Brunch everywhere. Rate us if you fucking feel like it. If you don't, you know what? I understand.
0: Mm-mm. Like I understand. No, no,
1: I kind like, of. I don't understand.
0: I really don't understand. Like what's going on in mm-hmm. your life that you're so stressed out? Does not understand.
1: So yeah, just no. take
2: a step back, take a breath, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and understand that you are powerful, you are strong, and you can rate this podcast.
0: Good night.